0: Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam.
1: What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my co host, Matt Verderam. My name is Patrick Allen. Matt, the Chiefs are AFC West champions. That is five in a row. Pretty incredible accomplishment. We'll get into the game in just a minute, but can you just put in perspective what it means for the Chiefs, the Chiefs that we've been watching, you and I, for, for our entire lives, to win the AFC West five years in a row?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, they've never won, or they had never won before this current streak. Uh, they'd never won back-to-back division titles. So, you know, that seems hard to believe because, you know, they won the Super Bowl in 69. They were really good again in 71. They didn't win it in seventy. And after winning it in 69-71, they didn't win the division again until Marty Schottenheimer got there So, uh, and in 93, Montana's first year its the team. So they have now won five years in a row. That is an unbelievable stretch of dominance. And I get – you say, well, you know, teams – you know, look at the Patriots. The, the Patriots are a complete anomaly. Um, it's the longest streak in AFC West history. It's not bad. And, and frankly, there's no reason to think that uh, the gravy train is going to stop
1: anytime soon. Yeah, it really doesn't. You look around the the division, and there's some some talent there, but it <laughs> it's just infathomable to believe that somebody is going to knock the Chiefs off. It would take something we don't even want to get into talking about on this podcast for Kansas City not to win the division, at least for the next, what, two to four years?
0: Yeah, yeah. I bet. There's no reason to think that any of these teams are going to catch them next year. I know we obviously have to see all the... Player movement, but uh, yeah, Dave Mahomes are going to be the favorite every year.
1: Period. He is incredible, and we will talk about how incredible he is in just a moment. This is obviously the Arrowhead Addict podcast. You know that you're uh, a faithful listener, we reckon. If you are and you like this podcast, please head over to Apple Podcasts and and leave us a review over there. Drop us a question, and we will hit it up on our follow up podcast to this one later in the week. Leave us a written review, ask a question. We answered on the podcast. Pretty simple, pretty cool. And you can always update your review with fresh questions for our mailbag. Okay, let's get into the game. Chiefs 33, Dolphins 27. Kansas City returns to Hard Rock Stadium, the scene of their Super Bowl victory. And uh, the Chiefs, uh, they, lost the, they lost the bet. If you put money on the Dolphins, uh, they were getting seven. They covered the spread. And if you took the over, you won. So congratulations on that. But the Chiefs won the actual game here. And a final score that was a lot closer than the game actually was. Our predictions, Verderam, you had it Chiefs 29, Dolphins 17. I nailed the Chiefs score. I had it Chiefs 33, Dolphins 21. So they scored a few more points than I wanted them to. All right. So let's start with Mahomes. Starts off the game... A little shaky for him. Three interceptions. Uh, the Chiefs were shaky. Really, the whole first quarter, they basically just didn't play um, and made a bunch of mistakes. More sloppiness. This is something that is becoming a little bit of a trend with this team. But let's start with Mahomes' interceptions. Three interceptions. How many of those were his fault, Verduan? Um, three.
0: Three. Wow. I mean, you know, the first one. Look, the guys on his on the ground, they get it, but. He shouldn't have thrown the ball, in my opinion. And it's not hindsight. I really felt that way as he was throwing it. I was like, just chuck it in the ground. It's first down. It's fine. Throw it, it. get popped up. The second one, there was a layer. It was high. The ball was high. It, yeah, you know, it, it, it was a bad... It was wide open. It was a bad throw. And then the third one, you got to credit Javion Howard. He made an unbelievable play. Like, yeah. that guy is the best corner in football. He's got nine picks this year. He made a phenomenal catch. That said... He under Hill, and frankly, he just shouldn't have thrown the ball. That, that's another situation where all he needs is a field goal there and you're feeling great. Like He didn't have to throw that football. So all three of them, in my opinion, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll go a step further. Listen, <laughs> no, nobody's killing Mahomes here in, in, in a long view, but let's call it what it is. That 30-yard sack he took, that might be the worst play of his entire career. I've never seen a guy take a 30-yard sack. It was <laughs> yeah. insane. So, that that was, was like a fourth nuts. turnover.
1: You know, and it was one of those things for me. The sack didn't bother me that much. Obviously, bad play. He's he's cooked. Just go down. Um, but you know what? I mean, this guy—he—he he was doing one of his patented moves where he, you know, he fakes one way and and, and then turns around, and this usually works out for him. It just unfortunately that he was bracketed. But I think you got to take the you got to take look. If every once in a while he he gives up a bad sack like that. I mean, the man does so many incredible things when he starts scrambling around that I think you just kind of have to take it, right? Like, I can't recall him ever taking a sack anywhere close to that bad. He usually yeah. finds a way to sneak on out of there and get the ball out. So while it was, it was bad and I think more glaring considering how the turnovers that were happening throughout the early course of the game, I didn't, that one didn't bother me that much. The interceptions bothered me. And and not because I felt like he was making bad decisions. That we were talking about this earlier in the week where we said, Hey, like, is this going to be, you know, can he can he go the rest of the season and only throw two picks? And you said smartly, no, nah, no way, like so, something's just gonna happen, things happen. And this was that game where it was a tip ball. It wasn't like a horrible decision, but it was a tip ball. It was a little high. How many times does he throw a little high and, and nothing bad comes of it? And the, and yeah, the pass the hill, just a little under threat. I mean, we'll have to see the all twenty-two but it looked like Hill had a step on him, and it should have been a touchdown. Is that how you saw it as well?
0: Yeah, if he made a little bit of a better throw, it's it's six. He just underthrown. Um, I'm actually watching the highlights right now as we're talking. They got it on NBC. Um, my my biggest annoyance in, in the game, really. Anyone who listened to the last podcast we did, I spent. I feel like about ninety percent of it saying the only way they're going to lose this game is turning the football over. And they just could not stop doing it. Now they're them and they won because they're them. And they have so much talent and such a margin for error. It didn't even matter. In the end, Miami never even really threatened them. They never had the ball or the chance to tie the game. Um, and I'm not like Mahomes is he's Mahomes. Like he had a bad day and a bad day for him. He's still three ninety three and two touchdowns. And, you know, but uh, those, those mistakes are uncharacteristic, but they could have been costly. And I, I thought the defense up until the fourth quarter of the game was fantastic. They bailed them out, really. I mean, time and again, you know, they, they didn't allow the turnovers to turn to major points. The first three turnovers turned into seven points. Now, the Dolphins miss a field goal, but they also take a safety. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. I thought the defense until the fourth quarter when they decided basically to stop playing football, um, yeah. I thought they played well.
1: Yeah, it was – again, it was one of these slow starts where we had the same conversation last week. <laughs> I don't and and again like this is another game where and I've been worried multiple times and really annoyed during the season. This was another game where I was I was I never thought they were going to lose. I was never concerned. I tweeted immediately after the Dolphins scored because I knew everybody would be on the ledge and I was like, listen, like we're going to be fine because I saw the offense was just gashing. They were hitting huge plays. Actually, let's talk about that. Yep. So as you, as you pointed out, Mahomes, 24 of 34, 393, two touchdowns, three interceptions. That's a bad game for him. Um, they were taking a lot of deep shots in this game. Mahomes had completions of 32, 44, 26, 37, and 26 in this game, which is just absolutely incredible. What did you make of the sort of aggressive attacking offense of the Chiefs in this one?
0: I thought their offense, other than the turnover, was just great. I mean, they had almost 450 yards of offense against a defense. I think, Greg, like second in the league coming into the game. Like, Kansas City was was terrific in terms of moving the ball. It just, they would bog down. They take, you know, they beat themselves with the, you know, the mistakes they made, or almost beat themselves. Um, I really love the way they played the game. Kelsey just continues to have literally what we're watching might be the greatest year in the history of, of football for a tight end. I mean yeah. – I don't think, and I shouldn't say I don't think, people should just take stock that he's legitimately having the greatest year potentially here that a tight end has ever had in the history of the NFL. No tight end, to my knowledge, has ever led the league in yardage. He came into today five day, uh, five yards rather behind DK Metcalf. Well, DK Metcalf only had sixty-one yards receiving, uh, and, and Kelsey Kelsey went for a nice tidy uh, one thirty-six. So he's now widely ahead of Metcalf. He's, he's having, in what is going to end up being a first ballot Hall of Fame career, he's having the best year ever. that He's, ha- he's up to 1250 in nine touchdowns. Um, he's proven to be unstoppable. Hill, even though Howard did a great job on him, still scored twice on two big plays. Um, I thought the offense was good. I mean, they ran the ball fine. You know, they're terrible in short yardage, but they're always terrible in short yardage. But I thought by and large, look, they, they did a good job. I do I see Chief fans always screaming about the offensive line, and I get it. Um I don't worry as much about it as some people do. Like I, I, I'm not as concerned, but I, I will say this. I do think at some point here, if they can get Mitchell Schwartz back, that would be really helpful. I've done the best I can digging around. They are very quiet on it. The most you can gather is that it's kind of touch and go. They they don't really they don't have a concrete answer, um, but hopefully he can come back. Because they're going to need him down the stretch. And I think it's time to give him his new skill and look at guard. I, I just don't think Wiley's gotten the job done.
1: Yeah, they definitely need Mitchell Schwartz back. Okay, we're going to take our first break really quickly here, and when we get back, we'll continue breaking down the Chiefs' twelfth victory of the season. All right, and we are back. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. The Kansas City Chiefs are division champions in the AFC West for the fifth year in a row, and they have won their 12th game, being the Miami Dolphins, 33 27. You touched on Travis Kelsey. I want to just talk a little bit more about him. The thing I think that is the most incredible about this run that he is on is, you know, it seemed like in years past there are games where, you know, Kelsey doesn't always have like a big game. Because teams know how important he is to this offense and they try to take him out. But it just seems like he's matchup proof this year. I mean, if you're Miami and you're coming into this game, you're, you're worried about Hill and you're worried about Kelsey, right? First and foremost. Yeah. And so if you're smart, and, and, and we know that Brian Flores is smart, you're going to try to take one of those guys. If you take one of those guys away, it, it could cause problems. Can you take away Kelsey? Can you protect over the top? And it just doesn't matter he just gets open. Is is this just, you said you think he's maybe having the greatest season a tight end has ever had. Do you think that this will be just, I guess if, if he's having the greatest season a tight end ever had his peak season, like, has he just finally clicked? He's been in this offense with Mahomes, and these two are just on a, a, a level with one another that really, I don't, I, I, I can't recall ever seeing a connection quite like this. I mean, obviously there's, some, you know, Montana and rice and, and there's been some others out there. But this is special this season. Uh,
0: yeah, it is. Look, Kelsey is having, again, I really think, like what, maybe the greatest year in NFL history for that I, I don't think it's – he's not going to win MVP. I've had a couple people ask me. He's not going to win the MVP. Quarterbacks are going to MVP. He has a real shot of winning offensive player of the year. I, I don't know – that there's anybody that's a non-quarterback offensively, who's more valuable? I mean Derrick Henry, maybe? Uh, maybe. I don't I, I don't know. DK Metcalf, like if, if he if, if Kelsey has more yards than DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf cannot be the offensive player of the year, period. Right. Um, I think it would almost have to be. Like unless unless you just went with Rogers and Mahomes, whoever's not the MVP is the offensive player of the year or something. Okay, that that I could understand. But if it's a non quarterback, I think it has to be Kelsey. And and not mm-hmm. even – Kelsey's gotten better as a blocker now. He's an asset when he's in a lot. I mean, it's just – he is, to me, as great as he is. And don't get me wrong. They play in tandem. You have to count one and count the other at the same time. To me, Kelsey's even more important to them. Because on third down, he's just unstoppable. Like, I don't care. There are times where they double hit. makes no difference. makes absolutely no – I mean, the Dolphins are a couple times in the game where they did. They doubled him, and Mahomes still hit Kelsey for big games. So, yeah. it's been great. It's one of the great connections right now in the league. Um, I think when we look back on Mahomes' career, hopefully in 20 years, the, the first thing we'll think of is him and Kelsey and how unstoppable mm. it was because I just, I just don't know that you could be any better than the combination of those two right now.
1: It's really amazing, and that catch that Kelsey had, it's not just him being wide open in the middle of the field. That catch where he turned around and climbed the ladder and went up and took that ball away from the DB – was absolutely incredible. It was a huge catch. He's amazing. He also, by the way, just got ranked, uh, joined the 99 club in Madden. So if you're a gamer out there and you like playing a little Madden football, terrible game this year, by the way. Just one of their worst Maddens ever. But still fun. Still fun, just not great. Um, You've got a 99 Mahomes. So earlier uh, over the offseason, Madden sent – Patrick Mahomes like a care package to induct him into the 99 club he gets ra- rated 99 they give you a chain with the 99 on it and Kelsey actually is the one who inducted Mahomes and then this week in the locker room Mahomes inducted Kelsey so that's pretty cool if you like that game you've got two 99 players on one team and then oh by the way you've got Tyreek Hill over there as well pretty fun yeah it's not bad
0: it's pretty good I mean it's just <laughs> they're dominant they're dominant um it's, it's just very, very, very hard to beat them. And I you saw I today. Mean, let's face it. Four turnovers on the road against an 8-14. and 14, Didn't even matter. Made no difference. It just made no difference. They, they were never truly threatened. My definition of that, by the way, is like, you need to have the ball with a chance to at least tie the game. They never did. And Kansas City gave Miami four turnovers and made no, just zero difference. That's that's the definition of dominance. When you're playing a team, that's a good team like the Dolphins are. You're on the road, and that happens, and it may, it just doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was a great win for them, even though it was a little sloppy. You're not a you're not a Madden guy, are You're a you're a Tech Mobile guy. You still playing Tech Bowl?
0: Tech Super Bowl, baby! Oh yeah, that is <laughs> that is the game. Christian Okoye all day long. Uh, yeah, Madden sucks. Give me uh, <laughs> give me Tecmo Super Bowl any time of the day.
1: Fantastic. Um, okay, let's talk about the – one last thing before we talk about the defense, I want to ask yep. you. Do, late in these games, and, and, and the Chiefs give up some scores and it makes it a little bit tighter than we want it to be. They start sloppy. But, like, do you feel – for years and years and years, Andy Reid got criticized for not running the ball, throwing too much, not running out the clock. Now, here he is. He has the, the best player in the league, maybe one of the best players ever, and right. he gets conservative. He's been getting conservative at the end of these games. He's, he gets the lead, and it's and he's up t- two scores, and it's handoffs and screens, and they stop being really, really aggressive like they are earlier in the game. Does this concern you? Is this the right way to go? They're winning.
0: So, I actually take a different tack. I don't think they're being conservative. Like. Hell, I wanted to strangle Andy when they, on what was it, third and 21 at the end of the game, like they ran a pass play and Mahomes, thank God, he just scrambled and fell over. Like, I'll tell you what, that sequence made me want to drink Clorox. That whole situation, first of all, fourth in the yard, I love that they threw the ball there because to me, if they ran the ball to the line, there's no way in hell they picked that up. They just they can never run in short yardage. So they scrambled they boot. Mahomes hits Hill was wide open. Easy money. If Hill goes down in bounds, and I know my father right now is listening to this and about ready to careen off the road because I know his feelings. All, the, all that Hill had to do was just fall over and bounce, and the game's over. They can take three knees, Miami's out of timeouts. The next snap's going to be after two-minute warning. The Chiefs, in their infinite wisdom, don't do this. Hill runs out of bounds. So now you get the ball. Okay, you can still run it down to 30 seconds. No big deal. Butkers in line for like a 34, 36 yard field goal, whatever it was, chip shot. They run the ball in first down. They lose three. Okay, fine. Two minute warning. They come out. Andy runs a toss play, which my heart was in my throat when they ran the toss. Why? First of all, don't ever run a toss play in that situation. Too many things can go wrong. Second of all, okay, you're running toward the sideline. Dumb. Run it, just run it in bounds. You don't need yardage. They not only lose eight yards, they take an illegal formation penalty. So the clock stops. You lose eight yards. Then they come out and they, they throw the ball. Thank, again, Mahomes doesn't end up throwing it. They call it throw, but he, he runs. If Butker doesn't hit that field goal, that is a stress test all the way to the end. Thankfully, Butker, by the way, who has been money on money after the bye week, has not missed a kick drill the right through, no problem, put it away. But that is the kind of stuff. I actually don't think Andy got conservative. I thought they were just beholding all the turnovers and the mistakes or anything else. But, man, that, that sequence at the end, that really – it was almost like the Chiefs had money on the cover because the Dolphins were a seven-point dog. <laughs> and it was like the Chiefs yeah. were like, boys, listen, if we, can, if we can screw it up enough but not too much, they can cover. We all make money and we win. And if that was the case, beautifully executed, <laughs> beautifully yeah. done.
1: Yeah, I guess I thought they got a. Uh, I guess probably the one that that stuck out in my mind. That you know they had the, they had two three and outs in the second half with some runs to Edwards Alaire, um, and I I guess I felt like maybe they should have been chucking it a little bit more. Uh, but maybe it just feels more conservative when things are starting to tighten up in the third quarter there. But you know, in the running game, Tyree Hill he tied. Edwards Alaire for the team lead in rushing yards with 32. Are you worried about the Chiefs running game or is it just one of those games they were getting big chunks through the air, weren't co- concerned about running too much? It's
0: actually, not. I mean, I, th- I thought they were okay around the football. Like, they're just they're average and, they're, and that nonsense gets dragged down because they're just atrocious running in short yardage. Atrocious. I've never seen a good offense that literally cannot run for a foot when it has to. I mean, it's just. I, I, and I'm also to the point like, you know what? I've always been a person who said, if you're in third and fourth and one, or less, you know, inches, whatever, and you can't pick up a first down, then you don't deserve to win. But I am to the point with the Chiefs, seriously, honest to God, the hell with it. Don't even try to run the football. Just drop back, roll him out, screw it. Let him run for it if he needs to. Let him throw the ball. Like, I'm the, if they get into a third and one, a big third and fourth and one in the playoffs, just, just, I don't care. Mahomes can throw it. I'll never criticize him. You'll never hear me get on the Chiefs about that. But um, I think they run the ball pretty well when it's not like a power run. They were fine. Like they, you know, but they, um, they just, when they get in the power, they're an absolute train wreck. But, you know, hey, listen, overall, if you're the Chiefs, you're sitting there going, hey, scored 33 points and 450 yards of offense against a second-ranked defense, and we played like crap. So, um, Overall, I'm not worried about their offense. I'm more worried about what we're about to talk about now, which even though it was better overall, their defense, there's a few things about them to just scare the absolute hell out of me.
1: Yes, the defense was better. The pass rush is back. They had eight quarterback hits, four sacks, including a safety. Chris Jones, Mike Dana, Frank Clark, Tershawn Warden all had sacks in this game. Um, But they just... And they also, and this is the funny thing, considering how many points they gave up, they also took the, the Dolphins' best receiver far and away, the best receiver, Devontae Parker, out of the game. He had two targets, no catches. Yet we're still sitting here at the end of the game, and the Dolphins score 17 points in the fourth quarter. What's going on? So I wish I
0: had a, a better answer, but I'm just going to give my raw answer to this. They're an absolute tire fire situationally right now. I, I, don't, I don't know what else. They're awful in the red zone to the point that I almost think there's like a bit internally like, hey, how many times can we give up a touchdown in the red zone without, without ever forcing a field goal and additionally not losing a game? It's almost impossible to do this over and over and over. I mean, they're the worst defense in the world in the red zone. They give up 75% of times touchdown. Today it was two or three, and the only reason it was two or three was because at the end of the game, the Dolphins got down there, threw down the ball, and then kicked a field goal. If the Dolphins didn't want to go in the end zone, it absolutely would have been three or three. Nobody can convince me otherwise. They're awful in the red zone. On third down today, Miami, seven to 15. Like, it's, not, it's not the worst number I've ever seen. It's not good. It's not good. Like Kansas City defensively has to do, in my opinion, four things reasonably well. They will never lose a football game. Get a pass rush, which today, as you talked about, was much better. They got, they got, Clark was active. Jones was terrific. Mike Dana was awesome. Wharton was in there. Okafor got pressure. They were, they were excellent. They blitzed really effectively. Okay, so that's good. They've got to get off the field on third down. They came to the day 18th. I'm guessing they're probably going to end up somewhere around 20 or 21st after today. Red zone defense, absolutely dead last. Anytime they'd like to put up even an ounce of resistance inside the 20-yard line would just be fantastic. Uh, and then one thing they do very well, and they did again today, getting turnovers. That is the saving grace with them because they get them, and that's why their point total isn't that bad. They're only sixth in the league coming into today because they forced turnovers. But that, that to me, look, they're good on turnovers. The pass rush came back today. They're a top-10 team in pressures. Like I have hoped that that will continue. The red zone at third down stuff, I mean, it, it just it has to get better here. At some point, you're going to just play – like I'll tell you right now, They play a team like the Bills or the Titans in the playoffs that can score points. They're going to give up 35 points in one of these games because they're just not going to be able to stop. Now, Tennessee can't stop anybody, so the Chiefs might score 50. But it's just – that is the only thing that scares me with them is those those issues just – they're not getting better. And Spagnuolo's got to figure it out. He's got to mitigate it to some extent.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And I think also what's hurting them is the offense being sloppy at the beginning of games if this the strength of this team we we all know is Patrick Mahomes in the offense it's yeah. always going to be that way so they these little jitters or I, I don't think they're nervous I just whatever it is that is causing them to not focus and make mistakes early in the game I think is a huge problem and they need to get out to a lead it's going to help a defense like this you we know they have a strong secondary they have really good corners. They've got a couple of really good pass rushers. So the chiefs need to take the element of surprise out of the game. They need to come out on offense and, and, and look, the defense has to do its job. I'm not saying the offense has to do its job with the defense, but if they can come out and execute on offense and their scripted plays and get up by seven or 14 or 10 points, it's going to help this defense immeasurably tee off, do what Spagnolo likes to do, which is blitz And let these pass rushers tee off and let guys like Tyron Matthew and LeJarius Sneed pick off passes. But what we've been seeing the last couple of weeks has not been that. And I'll tell you what, next week they're playing the Saints who lost today and looked terrible, but we know they've got weapons and Drew Brees will probably be back for that game. If they don't show up for that game, they're going to lose. Yeah, they will. Now. We all thought Breeze
0: would be back. He might be. But now Schefter and, and Rapport are saying that, well, you know, he may not be back because he hasn't oh. healed, which would be very interesting. Uh, That'd be great. I mean, so Taysom Hill, who has not been uh, ideal for them, uh, might be starting Week 15. But the, I don't care who the quarterback is. This is about the Chiefs. If the Chiefs play while well, They're going to beat the Saints. They will. And I, and I think the Saints are the second-best team in football. The Chiefs play well. They'll win. They just will. They're so much more talented than most teams. It doesn't matter. And you know what? Here's this for an early prognostication on that game. The Chiefs will come out and play really well in that game. Why? Because every time they play a good team that gets their attention, they come out and they play really well. Every single time. So I expect the Chiefs, by the way, are favorites in that game on the road. At least the early line, the Chiefs were three-point favorites at the the Superdome. Uh, And I'm guessing after the Saints lost and the Chiefs won, it's probably even higher now. But it's just the Chiefs are competing against the Chiefs. They really are. If they play well, just reasonably well, they're not losing. I I, I don't know how to put it any other way. I, they, they're not going to ever lose a game with this team if they play a B-plus or better game, ever. I don't care what New Orleans does, if they see Pittsburgh, if they see the Bills again. doesn't matter. They will beat every single team they come across if they just play a good game. They're just too good, too well-coached. But I agree with you. Look, the Saints game... The, the Chiefs offensively shot in the red zone against Denver. This week, they were good in the red zone, uh, but the, except for the turnovers, which just killed them. They can't have the turnovers. Uh, you know, the week before that, they come out, they're flying 17-0. Then they fall apart against the Bucs. They got a little sloppy. They finished off the end. With the Chiefs right now, to me, it's a matter of focus. And I don't know how much of that goes away come playoff time. If come the playoffs, there's a super focus and they just blow everybody out. or is just one of these things where it doesn't go away from playoff time, and, and this is just a theme of who they are, and it's a problem, and they can't figure it out. You know, I I, I tried to think back, and the team the Chiefs remind me the most of is probably the late '80s Niners, just a very similar type team, team that had a good defense, wasn't a great defense, but it was a good defense, and just a great offense. And I went back and looked, okay. That, that Niners team went 14-2, and two, so a very comparable team to the Chiefs right now. Their schedule that year was, was pretty easy. Okay, They did not play a lot of our playoff teams. I'm not going to get deep in the weeds here, but that's one of the greatest teams in NFL history. Uh, NFL Films ranked them the second-best team of all time, I believe. Uh, maybe it was the third of the first 40 years of the Super Bowl when they did America's game. They played the Colts, who were god-awful, beat them by six points. Buccaneers, god-awful, beat them by four. Uh, beat the Eagles, who were very good. Lost to the Rams at home. Lost to the Packers, who stunk at home. I mean, you go down the line. There's a lot of wins, just like the Chiefs do. But there's a lot of games in here. Like, they barely win. They had to fight to win. Like, And then they got to the playoffs and absolutely eviscerated the three teams they played, and that was it. They won the Super Bowl. So I don't know what the Chiefs, like, how much of this, does it go poof in January and they're just, they're locked in and that's it? I, you know, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, two of those three games might be off a buy if they, if they handle business, but uh, it's concerning because it's a trend. It's not just something that's been a one-off. It seems to happen every week. They either, either early or in the middle of the game have these, they just go into a coma for like a quarter and it, it's going to cost them eventually.
1: Yeah, it might. Uh, it's definitely a concerning trend. It happened in the playoffs last year. It's been happening this season. But another trend has been that the Chiefs win. It doesn't matter what they do during the game, yes. they win. Patrick Mahomes has played 43 games. He is 35 and eight. He's thrown 13,000 yards, 107 touchdowns, and 20 interceptions. Forgive me if that's incorrect. I think it's updated Pro Football Reference. Great website usually is pretty quick with that. That's incredible. He won 35 of his first 43 games. Absolutely amazing. Already has a pretty good Hall of Fame resume, and the guy's just getting started. That's very exciting. And I think there's something to that. This team knows how to win. They find a way, and it might just be part of their DNA for a season or two. It looks like this is the second season of this. Um, They've lost one game. Since November eighteenth, twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Getting my fantasy alerts, I'm winning Vertaram. That's a there good one. Go. Um, <laughs> all right, this is a. Uh, we've got a short one this week. Um, I've been I've been breaking my back. The, the wife and I are getting ready to put the condo on the market, and uh, I've been painting. I've been cleaning upholstery, all the fun stuff you know you like to do on your on your weekend. So my back's broken, and I'm tired. And Vertaram's been working all day, and frankly. We both want to check out this Bill Steelers game. Huge implications in the AFC and for the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, as we're recording this on Sunday night, the Chiefs are the number one seed because Pittsburgh hasn't played yet. When you, most of you listen to this, all of this will be decided. But just to to put ourselves on the spot, Verterim, what's your prediction for this game tonight? Uh, Bills, I think Buffalo Steelers. wins.
0: I think the Bills win. I, I don't think it's particularly close.
1: I agree with you. I think Buffalo, if, if Buffalo comes out and... Plays the way they've been playing the last couple of weeks, piece of cake. I think, and by the think, way,
0: a quick final note on the Chiefs because I have to get this in here. For the yeah. love of God, play Mike Dana more, please. Please play more Mike Dana. Yeah. I, I don't care. No offense to Tano Pass, you know, nail him to the bench. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care anymore. The Chiefs are dead last and tackles for loss. You know what? Three of them today, Mike Dana. You know what? A sack today, Mike Dana. You, like, I, I, please. He's great against the run on the edge. He gets pressure. He's smart as hell, especially for a rookie. Like, give me more Mike Dana. Enough. Enough with, enough with, with Okafor, who's going to be gone after this year anyway. Enough with Passione, who's also going to be gone after this year. Like, give me Mike Dana. Please and forever. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And the Chiefs are going to need run defense next week when they take on Alvin Kamara and yes. the Saints. Okay, we will be back on thursday with our preview of chiefs versus saints so make sure you tune in for that in the meantime you can follow us on twitter i'm at @rpatrickallen. patrick allen he's at at matt verdaram please make sure you follow at arrowhead addict and the lead expert over there matt connor he's at, at matt connor aa and head over to apple Podcasts and leave us a review i think we're gonna have to have some christmas cookie talk on the next episode i'm getting excited about that Whoa, what's that face you're making? What's happening? Verderham's watching TV.
0: The Steelers uh, received the kickoff, and and McLeod took it like eight yards deep in the end zone and stood there. And then just like the last possible second was like, F it, I'm going to run out. And just got killed at the eight yard line.
1: (laughs) Oh, good start. Okay, good start. Absolutely
0: smoked at the eight yard line.
1: (laughs) We'll see how it all plays out. We're going to go and watch the game. Go, Bills. Go, Chiefs. We'll see you guys next week.